Welcome to the Brentwood Academy podcast. We are a co-educational, independent college preparatory school near Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to nurture and challenge each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the stories, lives, and relationships that make BA such a special place. For more information about BA, visit BrentwoodAcademy.com. Now on to today's episode. This is Matt Brown on the BA Podcast, and uh, if you've been listening to the last few that we've had, uh, they've, they've allowed me to host a few of these. Uh, I've done some, some kind of heavier ones on race and integration of faith and science, and uh, we've, we're, we're working on one for, the, for Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, and, and I wanted to do one here. Uh, I had this idea to do one on story, uh, the importance of story in the human experience, and and it's a it's a, at the at the same time I think it's one that that's very deep and very profound and and also just really fun. I got two of my esteemed colleagues here, uh, two people that I respect in the area of story. Uh, I got Steve Hollis here, who who wears a lot of different a lot of different hats here, and uh, and J D Binger, who wears a couple of Funny hats here. Uh, <laughs> Never in the building. And, <laughs> and, uh, and surprisingly short pants as well. He also wears those. Lies. That's not <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, it's also Friday at the end of the year. So all of us are a little bit loopy. So we're going to see where this goes. Um, but guys, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to just jump in here and... Uh, you guys introduce yourselves a little bit with those various roles that you play at Brown Academy. Yeah, Steve. All right. Well, um, I teach psychology and computer classes in the upper school. I teach an elective on Tolkien. Um, I also work with the student leadership team and the 11th grade chair. Oh, wow. See, a lot of hats. JD? Uh, I teach sixth grade history, and I coach soccer for middle school boys and upper school boys. All right. And what is your affiliate? Why do I have you here for story? That's a great question. <laughs> I would imagine I'm here because the guy who was competent knew what he was doing just wasn't available. And so you knew I could be here. <laughs> no, I I have heard so much from you. on the, it, Both of these guys are Tolkien guys. And um, and so I, I've loved hearing these these conversations that they've had in the area of the Lord of the Rings and Fellowship of the Rings and all of that stuff. But in addition, I know I've had a lot of conversations with with Steve about uh, about various novels and about movies and uh, and even you know, Steve's going to actually bring into this conversation. I know he's talked a little bit about video games and the the stories involved in video games. So um, where I'm where I really want to head with this is. Why is story so important to the human experience? Why are we so drawn to stories? And and particularly as Christians, how do we uh, how do we think about story? So um, let, let's jump into some more here. Uh, so what are I've talked about Tolkien? What what else kind of kind of grabs you in terms of genres or types of stories? Shoot, I mean Tolkien's a big one for me. That that whole vein of of writing from him whether it's the hobbit or the lord of the rings trilogy that is really what 
made me become a, a reader. I had read other stuff, but never really was taken with it. And then uh, my parents got me uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, one Christmas when I was, I think, a freshman in high school. And at that point, I was, I was just, I was sold, hook, line, sinker. Uh, so that, and then stories grown up on <clears throat> Star Wars and Star Trek, really. So just the idea of like this, this big epic story, or, or especially with Star Trek, the exploration of ideas that you wouldn't really come across in, in regular life. Uh, really, really fascinated with, with that kind of stuff. Awesome. Steve? I, I'm all over the place. I, I remember in fourth grade, a teacher that I really liked handed me a copy of The Hobbit, said, I think you might like this. And I actually hated it <laughs> the first time I read it because I wasn't old enough to recognize the true hero. I thought the true hero was Thorin. And when he died, I'm like, how can they kill the hero? Right? I didn't, I didn't get uh, that it was Bilbo. But I also have a wide, just eclectic taste. I, I grew up collecting comics. Lived out in the country. We didn't have cable, but we had the gas station with the monthly comics down the road. Um, as I grew up, a lot of adventure stories. Some of those guys in the early 20s and 30s, the big game hunters. Mm-hmm. I'm Right now I'm reading an autobiography about a World War II ace, uh, Pappy Boyington. Um, just, and then the classics. You know, uh, I love English lit, Brit lit. Awesome. So we've got a wide range to talk about here. Um, just... On that big question, why, why do you, in, the, in your studies of literature or just in your consumption of these various genres, why do you feel like we're, why are we so drawn to story? Well, um, I had some ideas about this question, and then I actually started doing a little bit of reading and found out that it kind of tickled the biology geek in me, um, that there's actually a biological reason that they're discovering that we are wired to stories. Um, I think it, it speaks to us as humans. I think it struggles with the big ideas we've struggled with. But there was a, a, a doctor named Paul Zak who actually did a study on this and found out um, that there, there's a brain chemical called oxytocin. And most of the time we think of that as what it's used to like induce pregnancy and that sort of thing. But it's also called the moral hormone. Uh, it makes us bond with one another socially. When you find someone that's like you, your brain increases in oxytocin. And they actually did a study where they would do blood draws before and after short mm-hmm. films, and they found out that character-driven stories caused the brain to produce oxytocin. And that when you were moved by the story, you actually had more oxytocin produced. So God has wired into us a response to story. Wow. It's pretty amazing. I was blown away when I was like, this is so cool. Um, Did they do any research on the number of explosions and how that affects I, you? I know. I think that's part two <laughs> with the, the Michael Bay study. And if you yeah. walk away slowly from the explosion, does that right. increase anything? Um, that's awesome. Um, JD, what, as you thought about this question, what uh, what came to you? Why, why we're drawn to story? And, and in every stage of our lives, as you think about being, being a kid, you know, all the way through life, we're drawn to this. Yeah, so I didn't necessarily do research. I just kind of thought about in my own life what have been some of the some of the reasons why I'm drawn back to stories, which, you know, books or movies, TV shows, and you know what came to mind was this idea of how of how very imitative we are as as creatures, um, maybe even like created by God to imitate, and so we've we probably all heard like. Adages like "Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future," and and you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And, you know, which which hark to this idea of we imitate 
and that's why people, you know, you know, older couples start to look alike and dress alike and that kind of thing. They've spent their whole lives together. Um, and so when we use that and, you know, plug it into the idea of story, I think what happens is <clears throat> stories give us this opportunity to, to imitate great people. And perhaps, like, a lot of us don't have great examples of, uh, you know, people living in situations like ours. And so we watch a TV show, watch a movie, we read a book, and we see what happens when a character is just pitted against something mm-hmm. so difficult, this this, this you know, towering challenge. How do they handle it? And then kind of gives us this perspective in our own lives. Okay, like, so this is what I can do. This is, this is how I can handle these situations that, that I'm living in or I'm, you know, maybe going to see. And, um, and that kind of is, is this form of, you know, like, like research or preparation for us. You know, that's kind of what, Tolkien called sub-creation, that, you know, we have the creator, and we are the only creatures, created beings, that create. We don't create ex nihilo out of nothing, like God did, but we take bits and pieces of our creation and create new things. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, you know, we see the stories of the elephant that's given the paintbrush, you know, that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but they're usually painting something they see. Mm-hmm. And we are, as, as humans, we create not only create, but create things that only exist in the imagination that other beings can enter into through the yeah. written word. Wow. And that's kind of, I think that's touching on the image of God there a little bit, yeah. how we're made in his image. Yeah. Uh, another, another thought on you know, asking people about some of the favorite stories, why, hey, why do you like it? What, you know, what really grips you about that? I think so often it comes back to, Oh, I love this character. I love their their personality. They're so funny, and this idea of how we're we're drawn to story, but really we're drawn to people, right? Like it like it always comes back to people. You know, life is just all about relationships, and 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 story has this cool way of of connecting us and um, making us feel like, man, like I know them, I like them, and maybe if we're not careful, like we start to blur the lines of reality we're like yeah they know me and they like me too and so i mean maybe that gets into some some dangers of story but but this idea of how how great stories the ones that we love the most i think we instantly go oh that character i mean for me like like han solo growing up was all i ever want to be just like a scumbag pirate from space you know like (laughs) who had a sweet blaster and like drove a cool ship and had a giant furry friend like like that was all i wanted in life and i've missed the mark entirely uh but but it was it was always about the characters, right? Like when that when that person on on a movie or TV show came on the screen, like yes, you know he's here. Or you know the the chapters in in the Lord of the Rings that were about Aragorn, like yes, the ones that were about some of the other characters, like okay, like like I'll read them, but like let's get back to Aragorn or let's get back to him. It's my favorite character. Uh, so, so I think so much of this is it is people motivated, relationship motivated. That's awesome. I. You guys are you guys went way more profound than I than I even intended. I'm really glad. That's why I brought you in here. Um, I did you know in my research that I that I did, which was asking some seniors who are at the end of the year and they're pretty well brain dead, um, <laughs> asking them why they liked it. Uh, you know, and, and I asked them in terms of video games I, because you brought that topic up, Steve, and I, I really really thought that was a that was a, a great area to jump into because there's a there's a lot going on, especially with like games like Fortnite right now. That's like, you know, where all these boys are living right now. Um, but uh, 
you know, they get to go somewhere, and and we'll probably talk about that in in, in maybe maybe some of the dangers at times. But it but stories take you somewhere, you know, and, and out of this out of this kind of at times mundane existence, and 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 at times we just we we want to want to go somewhere and do something that we couldn't actually do. And, and I think, and we may be getting ahead of the discussion a little here, but I think with video games, it is a blending. Like, it's one thing to sit in a movie theater and put yourself into that world. With a video game with a good story, you are in that world. The choices you make influence the story. Right. Um, and it's more than just button pushing, right? The yeah. way you attack a problem or you deal with the story can make you the hero or the villain. Mm-hmm. And the dangers, like you said, like some of those are not a lot of repercussions. Yeah. For bad choices, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I think there's a reason why over the last few years the video game industry has made on average twice as much as movie ticket sales. Wow. I mean, it is a over a $100 billion industry wow. just in the game sales. <clears throat> We're not talking, you know, the hardware, the Xbox, the PS4. Like, those games are outselling Hollywood. Wow. That's big. So... Diving into a spiritual dimension of this, um, as Christians who live by truth, um, and I'm kind of setting this up specifically this way, as Christians who live by truth, what place does fiction have in our lives? As you, two guys with 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 bents toward fiction, uh, and I am I am too. Um, what role does fiction play in our life? Shouldn't we Shouldn't we spend our time dealing with reality and true stories? Is fiction just about escapism? Uh, you know, I've had the grapple with this question. Just, you know, just in the big category of asking what what matters, what doesn't. Is this a good use of my time? Because time just becomes so much more valuable and so much more of a precious resource. The older you get, and uh, I always think of this quote from Elie Wiesel in Night. I think is where it's from, but maybe it's just some, some interview he did. But uh, he said some stories are true that never happened, and. Wait a second, like, that can't, that's not right. Like, if it didn't happen, it's not true, you know? But this idea that, um, that, that, that fiction, despite the fact that maybe the actual events never happened and the characters aren't even real, there is truth in the story. Mm-hmm. And whether it's truth that happened or, or truth that exists and, you know, technically didn't actually occur in a moment in time, it doesn't matter. Truth is truth. And, and our lives can be changed by this, you know, explosion of truth in our lives. And, and fiction can be such a powerful avenue to get to a place of truth that sometimes real-life stories, they, they don't have access to those places in our hearts and minds the mm-hmm. same way that, that a fictional tale can. Uh, trying to think which direction to start here. I, th- I think part of that, absolutely right. I think fiction can strip away some of the things that blur truth today in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back to Tolkien when he wrote on fairy stories and tried to define them, which he said was impossible to do. But four of the terms he came up with were recovery, escape, consolation, and imagination. And two of those, I think, apply particularly to this discussion. One is recovery, which he said is like the recapturing of something's intended use. Mm. Like before the fall, yeah. things were different. And with fiction, we can more clearly see, I think, things as they were intended to be without the quote-unquote reality of the world mm-hmm. muddying our sight. Um, you mentioned escape. Tolkien had a really great picture of that. He's like, if this world is not our home, mm-hmm. you know, 
then escape's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> that we can talk about escapism as in not dealing with your problems, not dealing with the world around you, um, living in a fantasy world and sh- that's dangerous and that's not healthy. But there's a type of escapism of a prisoner in a cell looking at the sun, right? You know that speaks to us as you know wayward travelers. Yeah. That 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 escapism it can help us to see and hope and dream a world that God intended. That's beautiful. Um, along with that, um, I actually want to I want to drop it. Let's just let's go ahead and tie that in. So we've we've got um, Christian. There is a place for fiction here. What what are the dangers in our attraction to to stories? Uh, let's let's go ahead and bring those together here. You, you, we've already talked about you yeah. know escape. There is a bad kind of escapism. But. I think we go back to scripture, and when God says, you know, beware of of exchanging the created for the creator. Whenever something is a created thing, right. whether it be a flesh and blood thing like an animal totem or whatever or story, um, whenever it replaces God as our focus, that's when it becomes a danger. Um, that would be like my off the cuff answer there with that. Um, I think th- I think otherwise it's it's almost kind of almost what Paul says too. I think um, going back to like video, there are some video games that I could play that I wouldn't want my ten year old playing. Right, right. There, but there's also some movies I will watch that he's not allowed to watch. I, I wouldn't give him access to like a video game library any more than I would give him the remote control with just Netflix and go, hey, right. see you in a little bit. You know, right. we we got to be involved with that, especially when we're talking about our kids. Right. Uh, we have to have discernment, and I think you know the whole stumbling block principle applies with story and movie and video as well as far as who we're around. But um, yeah, I think the dangers are individualized because we are individual beings with individual weaknesses and individual right. faults. Right. Yeah, and the and the stumbling block principle. It, you mean the the idea that my conscience might be clear about this particular thing, but right. someone I'm met with it may not be. Right. Yeah. Or my conscience, at the very least, needs to be clear if I'm doing. If I don't have a clear conscience, both of those are. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, if if I generalize it, you know, there's there's this anecdote I heard about. You know, the kid riding the bench and watching his teammates playing the game. At the end of the game, he, though he was on the team, like he wasn't really a part of it, and so to. to to miss the adventure is to is to lose part of the experience, right? There, you had a different you had a different story than the guys in the field did, uh, and there's this <clears throat> whatever there's this recent <laughs> rise in the in in binge watching, right? Like, right. Ha- have we ever been able to binge watch anything before? And then several years ago, Netflix comes on the scene, and suddenly you can watch. You can watch episode after episode, no commercial break. You don't need a break for anything. Just you and your computer, you and your TV, right? And it's just this totally isolated experience. And I think one of the big dangers is that we we confuse observation with participation. Mm-hmm. And we see the great stories being played out. Right, we see these incredible relationships between the characters, mm-hmm. and we observe that, and we trick ourselves into thinking we're living that kind of story, and so the observation of it replaces the participation in it, and so mm-hmm. instead of in, instead of 
cultivating those kinds of relationships or instead of making you know bold faith-filled decisions to go out and to do and to step into these places in life and to follow God's calling into you know the unknown we replace that with watching other people do it or reading about them and then we kind of get that emotional high of yeah like that that's where I am too but no, like you're not. You know, just just because you watch The Office and you see how like <laughs> Pam and Jim make jokes, interact, and like you see the camaraderie of the crew, like you're not a part of the crew. But it's so easy to just think of Pam and Jim and Dwight and Michael as your friends, right? Because they're so friendly with each other, and it's it's so fun to watch, and you you feel part of it all. But the reality is, you're you're not part of it, and so confusing. I think the participation with the observation, I. I think it's a yeah. really dangerous thing these days. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a, and I've I've talked to some of my classes about this. Um, I saw something, just a brief sort of episode on mirror neurons in our, and you may know more about this. And I'm just I'm just throwing off the shooting off, you know, shooting from the hip right now because, uh, but I, but it's it's been telling for me in that you know the mirror neurons they do the experiment where they put a fake hand on the table and they put your hand safely on the other side of this wall, but then they hit it with a hammer, hit the fake hand with a hammer. And you always pull your hand back because you identify with that mm. hand. You identify that hand as your own. The they fake call it hand. transference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And 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 so I I, so, and I I thought you know that's the same reason when I watch you know you know one one of those videos of somebody skiing off a cliff and then they just crash and burn and you like you jump back and you're like oh you know or you watch somebody in a car accident on TV and you cringe or whatever. Um, I started thinking wow that. That probably does really play in. I, I put myself into the story, and just like you're saying, all of a sudden, I, yeah, I'm part of this whole crew at the office, and and I've I've spent my entire I've spent hours sitting on the couch, and I haven't actually lived any life. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. yeah I, but but you get that emotional high of you know yeah. you you watch this whole great adventure story, or whatever, and you're like, yeah. But, yeah, you've been on your sofa for two and a half hours. And, and those characters have been to, like, Iceland and Europe. Like, they've saved the girl. They saved the orphanage. They killed the ba- – like, they've done all these things. And you're like, we're awesome, aren't we? Yeah, well, not, yeah. not I went a bag of Cheetos. Yeah, not only the characters, but the, but the authors. I mean, uh-huh. I tell my yeah. students every time I teach Tolkien, like, if, if he were alive and you went up to him and, like, oh, I've read this 27 times and I can speak Elvish and, and he might go, that's great. But what else have you read? What else have you done? And if that's the only thing you focused on, I think he would be pretty disappointed. Yeah. Because he was a scholar. He, 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 you know, loved to dive into other cultures, and he loved to invest in his students. And, yeah, it was more than just, like, he did some of those things, too. And mm-hmm. I, I love what you said about participation versus observation and how easy it is to get confused. That's Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's a great statement. Thanks. Yep. There's, uh, there's a book, Many Miles in a Thousand Years, by uh, Donald Miller. And, and, and there's a there's a point he makes in there about uh, about how authors oftentimes hate writing but love having written, and mm-hmm. and then like kind of circling that that to like how people we like we love having lived great lives or like love having done these yeah lived through these experiences but but like hate living through them I, yeah. and I just know in my own life that's so true like I hate heights I'm terrified of heights but there's this. My family takes a family vacation. We all get together. We go to this place in, in Missouri, Table Rock Lake, and there's a great cliff for cliff jumping. And there's like this 12-foot jump ledge, right? And then there's like the, okay, like I'm a man, like a like a 30-foot jump ledge. And then there's like a 
you're kind of crazy, like a 50-foot jump ledge, right? And I don't want to go off of any of them. But my brother's just like, they just belittle me and badge me until like, fine, fine, we'll do it. I'll jump, right? And I hate the feeling of jumping and falling and hitting the what? But, but once like I bob back up, you know, it's like, I just did that. That was awesome. And this sense of, I don't ever want to do it again, but I'm so glad that I did it once, you know. Uh, and and that seems like something that we're kind of robbing ourselves of if we let story become more, you know, than it is in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, we're not actually living our lives. And I, uh, I, I want to finish out with, with one question here. We're going to run it up on time here. And uh, if we can come back to this in another episode uh, I, I think I've, I've still got some follow-up questions for sure but uh, practically speaking how do we develop a healthy disciplined appetite for story um, as as Christians and then maybe my question didn't necessarily make much sense but I don't know what it would you would you come up with yeah I think when, when when approaching story in order to like keep it in its proper boundaries I think it's really important to to have the story spark some some earnest questions in your heart while you're enjoying it afterwards, while you're talking about it with friends, you know, questions that reflect the story back inside and you think, man, what would I have done in a situation like that? Or how does this change me today? How does this change the person I'm becoming? And and making sure that the story isn't just this, you know, isolated episode of, of entertainment in life, but in addition to that, go, okay, how am I how am I changed? After you know seeing some of those things, thinking about some of those ideas, and I think that's that's a good mechanism for making sure that 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 story is is more than just you know two hours on a sofa or you know an hour night on your chair reading a book. You're actually critically engaging it on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would I would echo that. I mean, there are some stories that I know we all enjoy. I kind of call them mental bubble gum. They kind of give your brain something to do, but there's no real nutritional value. Um, not that that is – I mean, sometimes you just need to chill and relax and, you know, watch old Tom and Jerry cartoons. But um, – and there's something to be said for the story there. But, yeah, I think developing a ha- healthy appetite begins starting with knowing truth or at least seeking yeah. truth. We can't always know all truth. Our minds can't handle it. But um, knowing as the scriptures say, whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's noble, let your mind dwell on these things, right? Mm-hmm. No, knowing what is good and noble and right and true according to God and seeing how those stories, doesn't mean they're all going to be perfect. And that doesn't necessarily mean that a perfect story can never, you know, dive into darkness a little bit. Sometimes darkness can can actually make the light brighter yeah. in, in ways. And we, that's probably another question in a whole other podcast. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think always being grounded in the word. And who you are in Christ is very important. That's awesome. Those are some great thoughts to to end with. Uh, so as you're uh, hopefully this will this is is helping you think about the choices you're going to make as you as you read or watch or play whatever you do this summer. And if these guys can, uh, I'm going to ask you if you have any suggestions. I wanted to ask you for good suggestions to read over the summer, and we'll 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 put that maybe we can put that on the uh, on the website when we when we post this podcast you guys can just give people some suggestions if you have any and uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this I've loved having you guys here thank you so much for doing this and uh, we will see you next time
Thanks for listening. It's always great to hear the wonderful stories, moments, and insights from members of the BA community. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, we want to hear it. Just visit BrentwoodAcademy.com forward slash podcast to submit your episode idea today. Thank you.